August 12, 2015. It's a Watt from Pedro's show. <laughs> Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. Brother Matt, how are you? Yeah, everything's good. We're at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point. Bitching summer uh, game. Good folks at SightWorks are telling me they are redesigning our page. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, remember those shots we took? Oh, yeah, yeah. Building the new TWFPS. Sweet. Dot com site. Bitches. Uh, started off with uh, Like Sunny, also known as Simple Like, John Coltrane. And then our guest today. Yeah. People Tika. Welcome. How people you doing? <laughs> Monsters on Vacation. Uh, brand new stuff. Sunrise at Sunset. I thought Sunrise would be good to start off the show. Brother Matt, you go back with Pete here. Yeah, way back, about 1974-ish or something, yeah. P.E. at Dana, something yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Pete's laid down the soundtrack for decades worth of Pedro party music and, and lots of cool times. All right. <laughs> Speaking of music, Pete, what's your oldest musical memory? Oh, let's see. The first record I ever got was... Uh, See, Deep Purple, made in Japan. I think me and my brother saved our lunch money and bought it. And I remember, you know, having the tennis racket. I was that kid jumping off the couch and, and you know, setting up pillows on the on the couch and pretending to play that record. So probably that. <laughs> you know, probably like 10 or 12 years old. Something vinyl like record? Yeah, vinyl record. Where, yeah. here in Pedro? Yeah, here in Pedro. So I'm it trying must to... have been uh, Redwood or... Redwood. Chuck Sound of Music. Or, um, God, I think uh, down at, like, what was it? Uh, there was a drugstore down at, like, Newberry's? Jesse's? Newberry's on Newberries, Pacific? I think that was okay. it down there on Pacific. Yeah, happened. Yeah, people that used to sell records at a... Drug stores. I think that's how Tower started, up in Sackdown. Dude had a section of his pops. Uh-huh. Drugstore right. selling records. I mean, that's it's it's ways back, but that's how I remember it going down. Yeah. Okay, you don't remember like radio, your mom. And oh pop yeah. Playing records. Sure, mom and uh, my mom. I mean, was, why did you pick that Deep Purple one? Oh, uh, you know, I don't know. That just came to mind at first. But you're right. I mean, my mom had she was really into Elvis, and uh, she loved that. And I remember my dad just, you know, how could you love that drug infested guy? My dad was an old school slav guy, you know, World War II type, and. Yeah. He had no he love for that. Elvis. He didn't like Elvis. Another one of his greatest it was quotes. Like competition. <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably it as well. And then, yeah, it was the Beatles ruined all of America with their long hair and their hippiness and their mustaches and their LSD. And he had no love for that style of music. You know, if it wasn't old school Croatian music, he had no love for it. So. <laughs> some really let's. No, you know, self-taught. But you know, they did force my brother to take accordion. accordion. Yeah, yeah, oh, pizza. Yeah, yeah. And hey, that, by the way, brother Matt, pizza joints. What's up, pizza? Heat and repeat. Heat club in the house. And a very recent connection. The music we just heard, "Sunrise at Sunset," was. Recorded Casa Hanzo by yeah, Pete Mazer. Yeah, cool. Yeah, very excellent engineer. And only a couple months ago, right? It was very first band on uh, when we upgraded, did the upgrade to 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, the HD rig. Yeah. We got the Hanzo, all that stuff. Casa Hanzo. So, um, you buy a record. 
did you get in guitar? When did you trade the tennis racket for a guitar? Oh, yeah, that gets back to the accordion. Like I said, my mom and dad had forced my brother to, you know, buy an accordion, take these lessons, and he hated that, of course. So he went out and bought, like, an acoustic classical guitar, and it was left in the bedroom. So while he's off taking these accordion lessons, I'm sitting there strumming away and then not knowing how to tune a guitar or anything. I think I eventually tuned it to like a, just a straight bar or an open G or something. It was able to kind of make a couple notes out of that, you know. <laughs> so he didn't show you. How did he learn? Oh no, he didn't know. He didn't know nothing. <laughs> it was like what bedroom decoration. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I was able to take it and okay, you know start more. making a few mm-hmm. things out of it. Yeah. Happened. Happened. Uh, do you remember the first song you learned? Was it original, or did you copy a record? Yeah, probably copying a record. You know, back then, it was, you know, what was on the radio. Uh, like I said, whether it be Rolling Stones or, or Deep Purple, like I said, was, was big in my book back then, you know. Do you remember? You uh, yeah, probably Black Smoke one? on the Water, like oh, every no, other no, little no, kid, no. you know. That's probably your first little riff you learn. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think they learned it from the Stooges. Yeah, yeah they probably Black did. put in that little <laughs> bit at the end. <laughs> yeah, probably did. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, it's fucking Yeah, loose. it's so typical, you know, it's perfect. Yeah, I think every, I mean, my son, when I was trying to teach him, that was one of the first things he picked up, too, you know. Something about that riff, just, you know, it's pretty iconic. And it's easy to pick up. It's the DNA. It's the DNA, yeah. I think it's G. Remember the bass... It would trip me out because the bass is just pumping on a G. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, trippy. Uh, yeah, it was a live single on AM radio. They cut it all up. I remember it. You know, made in Japan. Yeah, th- it was then just like, going to be a promo album that turned out to be really big for them. It, but one of the guys lives on the hill. No, later, Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes, yeah. I heard he's here in when town. They got yeah. the, uh, well, I heard he's on the hill. When they got the, the low voice guy. Because Deep Purple always needed a screamer. Uh, right. You know, so they got Hughes from, he was in Trapeze or something. Right. Hughes Thrall. In fact, I saw that. Huh? Hughes Thrall Band, I think it was. Well, that I was one of the Trapeze. He was in. Yeah, and he was in Trapeze. And then he had a, uh, the other guy was White Snake later. Yeah, Coverdale. Coverdale, David Coverdale, Coverdale. yeah. Kind of like Paul Rogers was. Anyway, uh, so you're copying songs. Do you remember the first song you wrote? When did you get an electric guitar? Oh, electric guitar. And what was with the the swerve to the surf? Um, Hard rock from England. Yeah, you know, where that came from, I don't even know. The first guitar, uh, my mom, you know, I was sandpapering her down trying to get her to buy me a a real electric guitar. And I think we scraped up $50, and it was kind of like a Les Paul Burst, some like cheap Japanese model, I remember. Uh, like a butterfly in, inlay in the headstock, but yeah, it had a terrible sound. <laughs> you know, it was really distorted Did and. You and amp too? Yeah, I had. I was running a beautiful uh, Yamaha with torn up speakers, and ironically, it had no reverb in the amplifier. My first amp, so go figure on that. So. Maybe it was the lack of reverb. So when I finally did get a Fender Twin with reverb, I go, oh, wow, this is cool. Turn this up, you know. But, uh, yeah, we played in the first style tones. And tone deaf and the mutes, you remember in, in high school with, uh, what was that, Rich and oh, Rob and them? Yeah. I'm going to get to that, but let's play some yeah. music. All right, this is called uh, Pure Juice, Monsters on Vacation. <laughs> Thank you. 
chauffeur Won't you be my chauffeur I want him to ride me I want him to drive me downtown Well, he can drive so easy I can't turn him down But I don't want him But I don't want him To be riding these girls be riding these girls around Well, I'm gonna steal me a pistol Shoot my chauffeur down Well, I'm gonna buy him Well, I'm gonna buy him A brand new V8 a brand new V8 Ford Well, he won't need no passengers I will be his love
Another reason I like my phone is because it brings salesmen to me, or as I call it, the inbound prank call, where some lucky salesman gets me on the phone to rattle off some droll, monotone pitch about windshield replacement or the timeshare demonstration of a lifetime. Once I get to the end, I'll say, you know, that sounds pretty good. I'm probably going to buy it, but could you just do that pitch from the top? And they're kind of annoyed because they don't want to do it again, but I also told them I'm going to buy it, so they kind of have to. That's part of the deal. So they take it from the top and go through their whole presentation again. And once it gets to the end, I'll say, gosh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean with you. I was, what you were talking, I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond with the mute on. And a uh, couple things, just you, I just wasn't paying attention. But if you could just take it one more time from the top. I'm, I'm 99% sold on this thing. I got my card in my hand. If I could just hear it one more time. And at this point, they're annoyed. They just want the sale. They've gone through the pitch twice. They offer to go back to the part you may have missed. Like, is there anything you just missed, or is there anything I can just go over? No, no, I, I, I pretty much need to hear it from the top. And then write it up. I'm sold. So they do begrudgingly do it one more time, knowing that that's what they've got to do for the sale. And finally they get to the end, fatigue wearing in their voice, eager to get off the phone with me after 45 minutes, knowing that gratification is just seconds away, as I say... Now do it again. I'm about to come. <laughs> and the guy never called me back. Monsters on vacation. What's that about? Oh, pure juice. Uh, kind of a nod to. Uh, oh, hey, sorry about yeah. that. Um, kind of a nod to uh, Tom Sims. Uh, we did a soundtrack for one of his very first uh, snowboarding movies, and he was kind of a legend, kind of a a guy that 
kind of created the whole thing. He got you know made his own boards and and he was a great skateboarder back in the day. He created the Pure Juice uh, skateboard wheel, and uh, so, so it's in his honor. Yeah, it's in his honor. Yeah, and he passed great. away a few years ago too. Now Jay Adams too. Jay Adams ago, too. Right? Yeah, I had the but opportunity. That guy lived rough. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had a heart attack in Mexico. Yeah, he was in Mexico surfing with I think Bono, local surfer here from Pedro, and uh, yeah, he had a heart attack in his sleep. And uh, the old classic way. skateboard movie that was from Pedro, Skater Dater. Skater like that. Dater, yeah, good memory. Yeah, 50th anniversary or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I got love to see that again. Yeah, <laughs> I guess on YouTube. Oh, I gotta check it out. <laughs> Tab Falco. After that, me and my show for blues. Barons Whitfield, the Savage is brand new. I'm a good man. Kyoka with. Retarted apples. Not darted. Gold Sky, brand new for many birthdays. Solanke, the Leeds band, from Names and Pack Drills. Puni Nani Instrumental from Mr. Tom and Tobacco. Here's a Czech band that uh, we played with a couple months ago. Did a tour with called Ujmendoma and uh, Kozernik. Slavic too good. Yeah, that's right. And uh, here's another one. Milodojka Uni. Azuo Mari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check is different. Well, Markovich Jazz Band, and that's from... There you go. Nostalgia. Dobro, Dobro, Mario, Dobro. Well, there's this bunch of little music they d- uh, made for TV, uh, like kind of crime show they had in the 70s there. Oh, wow. So same thing, like, remember 70s Tom Scott, you know, when you saw, like, uh, Beretta or something and that kind of music? Uh-huh. They had their own version of that. Oh, wow, yeah, right on. Because, you know, those cats could travel. Mm-hmm. So they saw a little more. It was a little more porous. And then Bodega's brand new, Mouse, young guys from here in SoCal. Bob Schreiner with Sales, and finally Psycho Surf. Monsters on Vacation, what's that with Psycho Surf? Gee, Psycho Surf, yeah, we did a, uh, a movie called Psycho Skate. And, um, so it's there, like that, but it, surf. Yeah, I just kind of did another version, another take on it, and yeah, I just gave it that surf vibe. But there again, yeah, during the 80s, did a lot of, like, soundtracks for surf movies and skateboarding movies yeah. and such, yeah. So, and you wouldn't, so these are, like, pride from the vaults. Yeah, Re- yeah, absolutely, the yeah. Fucking Casa Hansel. Right. So let's go back to this fucking acoustic guitar, then the uh, import, right, Econo, right. and then the amp with no reverb. Reverb, yeah. But you're, you're starting to buy surf records? Who yeah. Who turns you on to surf? Um, you know, probably my friend... Because I don't hear much surf in Deep Purple. No, there is none, really. I mean, how I got into it early, I mean, probably my friend Marco Witzerman, it's, uh, he's 64 or 5 years old now, kind of lived in that generation. He grew up when he was 14, 15, 16, that was top 40 music at that point to him. And we'd go surf together and hang out. He would, he would turn me on to those sort of early Challengers, Dick Dale records and such like that. And, you know... Being a hardcore surfer myself, I've been surfing since about 10 years old till mm-hmm. present. Um, just found a connection with that, meaning like, you know, I just, since I am a surfer and this is the history of so the So you turn you on to records? Yeah, records So you bring then. these records to your bedroom, you start 
Yeah, out the sure. Legs. You know, yeah, you're doing some shanties, some pipeline, you know. And, so and when again. did you get your, like, well, it must have been a Fender first, right? Yeah, the that Fender Twin. The, the yeah. Fender Twin I and got. And what kind of guitar? And I, at that time, I was still playing. I ended up getting an upgraded. Uh, because that import probably didn't have a whammy. No, it didn't. You know, you so yeah, you, did, for surf, you right? did the neck thing, which okay. was terrible, yeah. you know, for that. And I'm sure I probably end up snapping the neck on that one. But yeah, I ended up uh, buying a Gretsch 6120 Chet Atkins model with oh, the yeah. Bigsby on yeah, it, sure. and and that was like my first like real guitar. I bought it up in Hollywood somewhere. I, I want to say somewhere on Santa Monica Boulevard. I think I paid four hundred dollars with the case out the door. So. It was a good value, mm -hmm. you know. I, I played that guitar all the way up to this day. Matter of fact, that's why I recorded the whole, record, okay. the whole record. The whole record. When I did you start playing with other people? Well, see, the first band was in high school with with Rob and Rich, yeah. and that was I'm talking we, about San Pedro. Yeah. High school. Yeah. yeah, and then we did uh, like a challenge. No, Merrillest, Merrillest, yeah, Merrillest High. Oh, Merrillest. Yeah, uh, went to uh, Leland yeah. Street, and then let's see, then Seventh uh, Street. Then Dana, and then I went to Pedro for a year, and then my parents moved up on the no hill. So I finished okay. up high school up there. So you met some guys at school and started playing. Right, yeah. Some those guys were kind of into heavy metal, and, and you know, punk was just kind of starting. This was '78 or so for us. That was when I came on my radar at first. Yeah, right away. That's your first band. Yeah, These first guys band you at school. At school, and you start we, playing parties. And... Right, we did a talent show. I think we won fifty dollars. I think we went out and got a keg of beer and had another house party, and then that was pretty much it. I think we played maybe one other what time. What was it called? Uh, it was called Tone Deaf. Tone Deaf. Yeah, the Tone Deaf and the Mutes, something like that. <laughs> you know. Mutes. And uh, yeah, I think three performances total, and then we all kind of went our separate ways. But then, like the first real band would be nineteen summer of nineteen eighty, and that was the Dial Tones, and that was you know the record there with Matt, and that was uh, that band lasted quite a while. I think probably you know eight or ten years we played but together. But did you make that record? Um, that specific one there was at, I think with Piper Studios and Carson. Uh, I think Salvation when? Army. Is that your first recording? No, there was one before that, okay. and I think that was Dynasty Records in old in Torrance. Old was that Torrance. the first time you recorded? In yeah, the studio? exactly. Yeah, and, and you know we knew nothing of you know what a studio was, and uh, you know we're like, hey, we need more reverb on this, and the engineers, oh yeah, we'll add it later. You know, I want a heavier guitar sound. Yeah, we'll add it later. Hmm. So. Uh, you know the the record comes out going oh, it doesn't sound anything like what it, you know what we sound like you know it's a little disappointed really so from that day forward I, I don't listen to engineers I plug and play the way I want to hear it and then that's that you know pizza well no yeah I had no trouble with pizza I think he was a f excellent engineer it was real comfortable and they had it all they had it all pretty much scoped out when they did it it was like actually they were the first band that came in and no phones. Just played live in the studio. No cans. No cans. So I had a speaker in there to communicate with. I thought no leash, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no leashes in the studios. Actually, you can hear them. You know, they'll make sounds that end up on mm -hmm. your shit. Yeah. But it's all distracting. I'll tell you the most distracting, though, was recording with Jay Maskus, and he's got fucking all my children just blasting on a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And constantly. Yeah, like distracting. Right? Yeah. Like, so there's no commercials. I mean, it's just constant. All my children. It's like, whoa, man. Okay. But he's maybe a pretty good parallel processor. So you learn, you lived and learned by the, 
What about this one here, the Piper one in Carson? Yeah, this one here, yeah, this is like the second 45 we put out. I think it's a year or two later, 82 or 3. And at this point, we're kind of learning finally how to play and tune our instruments. Because like I was telling Pete earlier, the early stuff, I mean, we really had no idea what we were doing. We didn't own a tuner. Well, you should give credit to the other dial tones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, another thing, too. Well, how you, gotta, you know got to use fucking names probably. Right. Uh, and, uh, there's just another, put out them thoughts. Uh, and, and like the Fires dial tone. are going out. No, yeah. no, no, you know, yeah. name them. Yeah. So who's the, old, the dudes in the dial tones? Well, yeah, they're right. we got Bill Smith on guitar, and you got Max Wheatley on drums, Chuck Rios Christensen on bass guitar, and the first singer was John Conan. He was in the band for a year or two, and then he rang up a pretty good-sized bill here in San Pedro for... Uh, certain items and I believe he had to leave he ran up to Yuma City or something like that up by Frisco and he, he's never been back kind of lost contact with him tried to reach him a few times but heard he turned into some like sort of bass fisherman you know uh -huh. and that's the last I heard of him Chuck ended up in San Clemente uh, Bill's still here in, in town he's in South well, who Shores who took his place you said he's the first singer yeah then the uh, guitar player Bill he had uh, stepped up and right. took over vocal deals I wanted you to say that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Credit because you spent a bunch of years with these guys. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of years. Yeah. And uh, post dial tone. Yeah. See, after that. Um, well, there, did, did dial tones do any tours? No, no tours. Yeah. I think the furthest thing we did was we did this like little college circuit sort of thing, uh, like In going California. down to California, like San Diego State. They had all these frats and stuff, and they had budgets. And they would pay us pretty good to go, you know, so we'd all hop in the car, drive down there, make a weekend out of it, you know, do the show and then hang out and party with those guys and then head back. San Diego, Santa Barbara, up to L.A., UCLA, and USC, that was about as far as we would drive, you know, and it was, that it was reasonable for us because all of us had Monday through Friday jobs. We all worked, so we had to be back to work, you know, Monday morning. Yeah. And how long did you do this? God, you know, from 80 till about... Oh, 86, 88, and around there, and then, what you know. Um, let's see, yeah, guys just started leaving the band. Bill and I continued on, and Max, and then actually Bill and I formed another band called Blind Dog Lost, and uh, we did some recordings up there at Loyola Marymount with a guy named Brian Foxworthy. Yeah, and, uh, Brian. I'm sure you remember yeah. him. Yeah, Brother good Matt, KXL, you blue yeah, shit. exactly. And he he was what was his Brent. job up there? He he had keys to the studio. That's all I know. He was a teacher up there. Uh, he was he was, was a master engineer. That right. guy was a wizard. Yeah, yeah. He got a bunch of gold records and stuff throughout his. He did, uh, yeah. yeah, really yeah. cool guy. Good Pedro guy. I remember him. Yeah. yeah, good Pedro guy. And so we would go up there, like say at midnight, and he would allow us to record up there as long as we bought the tape, the the two and a half inch at Apex tape. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we'd record from midnight till 4 or 5 in the morning on the weekend. And, you know, he said, we got to get out of here before the people start coming to school. And we recorded uh, a couple records up there. And I tried to get the, the tapes are lost and the records are gone. I called Bill up to try to get a copy of it, but uh, to no avail. So, <laughs> but that was pretty cool. the experience. Yeah, yeah. It was a cool band, a uh, guy named Mike Jacone on drums, and he came from like a heavy metal sort of background, so he had he added a lot of energy to it. He was really, really great drummer. Uh, who, 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 guys, who left the band? 
uh, the bass player and the singer eventually left. So then we got down to like basically a three-piece. And that's kind of where you really learn how to play, as you know, Mike. I mean, when you're in a three-piece situation, yeah, you, your chops really come <laughs> up because there's nowhere to hide. Uh, <laughs> you know? Not a lot of mystery. <laughs> no, that is. You know, we're at the end of the first hour. August 12, 2015 edition of the Waffle Pedro Show. Uh, special guest, Pete Patika. Pete Mays is kind of quiet mode. <laughs> Ask me some questions. <laughs> Dennis, torture you? Well, we're going to talk about how this new, this new album, it, it's called Monsters. Yeah. Yeah, Monsters on Vacation. So it's uh, eponymous, name of the band and the name of the record. Yeah, no, the name of the band's Monsters on Vacation, no real title for it. The whole project was... Eponymous be, usually means the name yeah. of the record is the name, the name of the, of the band. band. I go with that. Anyway, we went, the first time. went right over my head there, Mike. <laughs> August 12, 2015, it's the second hour. Watch the Bedro Show. Cafe Nella in beautiful nighttime Cypress Park by the LA River and Dodger Stadium and uh, 20 something miles away from Pedro. But I just got to play with East Meets West, Mr. Tom Segal, uh, a few days ago, Sunday. Today's Wednesday, so yeah, four days ago, we uh, recorded for the first time. I think this is the second. East meets West yeah. gig, right? Yeah. Because I did get to guest, be a guest aboard the Whiteout crew. So, uh, did I do that once or twice? Uh, three times. I did three times, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so today was my fifth time uh, playing with Tom Segal, improvised music. Uh, I guess you might even call it 
a part of the free jazz movement. Uh, yeah, we actually did another one with Thurston Nels and Willie Winant uh, a number of years that's back. That's right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. I was a very uh, minor player now. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> the other one, I was like the third wheel, right? right, right? right so right, I was, right. yeah, Nels Klein. That was great, too. All of them I dug big time. Uh, but like I said, uh, this thing, you know, I'm not into genre, because music's music, but you could say that the, maybe this neighborhood is called Free Jazz. And I, bring, I, I say that not because I need a name for a genre or something limiting or some kind of gulag terminology, but uh, you're putting together a documentary talking about, talking about music, but kind of in, in this neighborhood. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, but you can tell more about yeah, it. So talk, yeah, yeah. Uh, t- t- talk about this uh, yeah. uh, This piece you're going to work yeah, on. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, working on this documentary for a number of years now uh, entitled Fire Music, uh, History of the Free Jazz Revolution. What I've been trying to do is uh, really document the architects of the movement, the originators who, who devised uh, uh, this radical sound, pro- probably the most rad music of all time. And uh, I've been devoting myself to uh, interviewing and uh, shooting live performance footage of uh, as many of the OGs who, who, are, who are still on the scene today. And I've been doing it over a number of years, and uh, it's uh, timely in that I'm doing it now because six of my interview subjects have expired since uh, shooting commenced, so it's now or never. And um, I'm actually uh, in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign right now, but we can expand on that momentarily, but back to Mike. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, you know, for people who don't know about this movement, uh, give some background. Like, when did it start? You know... Um, around. Yeah, around. You know, people uh, 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 basically uh, uh, point to 1959 as a kind of pivotal time period. That's when Ornette Coleman uh, uh, emerged on the New York scene. He's actually from Fort Worth. He was actually in L.A. initially uh, uh, toiling with uh, his contemporaries out here, John Carter, Horace Tapscott, and Bobby Bradford. Bobby Bradford's the only uh, the only one left now from that crew who I interviewed. Yeah. Unbelievable guy. Um, and then that's when Cecil Taylor really started doing his thing. So, you know, that was kind of the catalyst. What would you say is one of the main tenets you know, it kind it, of unifies it, the movement. You know, it's, it's an improvisation. Little, yeah, it's definitely improvisation. But, you know, it's like uh, I interviewed the uh, renowned jazz critic Gary Giddens, and he was saying, you know, it's a large subject. Yeah. You, you, you can't be too reductionist about yeah. it. And it's it's variegated, and it, it, it changed from place to place, and, and um, uh, it, it took root in places all over the world and metamorphosed. Uh, depending on uh, uh, the time and place, you know, and the people who are playing it. I bet you a lot of people don't know that. I mean, they think of New York, maybe. Yeah, well, New York is, you know, but New York put other places map. in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, definitely it was in New York. But, of course, okay, I already referenced the L.A. Scene. Right, right. Very important movement. Did not get the media focus. Uh, did not get the European attention. You know what that's like. They don't sure. want to pay for you to go to Europe, you know. It was like just like that back in the day as well. Um there was a very insignificant scene in the Bay Area with Pharaoh Sanders, Prince Lachey, Sonny Simmons. By the way, Eric Dolphy was also part of the LA, LA. scene. But Bobby, I told you this the other night, Mike. Yeah. Very, very uh, uh, interesting is 
Eric was a straight-up bopper the whole time he was in L.A. He didn't get weird till he made the scene in New York. So, you know, uh, New York, you know, it, listen, it's like it's like our scene. It's like punk rock in New York, you know, and, and, and the scene out here. I don't know which happened when and what happened first, you know. Yeah, well, you know, that, 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 that's the thing. I don't know who started first, you know. Was it, was it the Runaways? Was it the Voidoids? Was it television? Was it New York Dolls? You know, it's the same thing in, in the free jazz movement. You had a lot of people doing the same thing at the same time. I don't know if necessarily one was the model for the other. I think they were all feeding each other just like we did back in the day, you know, sure, just sure. like we do now, just like everyone does in music. It's all the one continuum, you know. How did they? How did they connect though? By actually playing with each other? You were telling me there was an East German scene. Who got to play with uh, them guys? East German scene was an amazing scene. You know, it was underground. You right? had uh, uh, primarily this. Well, you know, um, interestingly enough, it got so popular. You know, uh, I interviewed Gunter Baby Summer, one of the greatest drummers. If you ever get a chance, anybody out there, go check him out. You know, it doesn't come out to the West Coast all that often. He was part of an amazing group called Synthesis, and they actually started, you know, in a depressed period of time in East German economic history, they sure. started generating some, some, some serious profits, and the government took over, booked their tour, sent a Stasi agent with them on tour to make oh. sure that they didn't defect yeah. or even, inter, even uh, 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 integrate too much with the external world, you know, and uh, the government kept most of the money. So <laughs> that's okay, a fascinating okay. uh, anecdotal uh, aside. But for sure, probably France, England. For me, what I'm focusing on, what I think is the most vital scenes in Europe, was uh, England, Germany, and Holland, you know. And, oh, okay. And um, just getting back to the American thing for a while, there was also the Midwestern uh, uh, scene, for whatever reason, you know, we'll never exactly know musicologically why, but it took uh, hold in uh, St. Louis with the Black Artist Group, Oliver Lake and his contemporaries, and then the AACM in Chicago. And again, they were very obviously influenced by the New York scene, but uh, they were coming out of uh, new music. They brought in um, small percussion and contemporary classical was definitely informing what it was they were doing. They they started playing old horns, bass saxophones, enormous things. You know, they'd have a whole giant. Uh, and then out of the of south, instruments. out of the south was Sun Ra. Uh, well, Ra came from the south. Yeah, he's from Alabama. He was a conscientious conscientious objector during World War II. You don't meet too many of them. He migrated, like everybody else did, uh, who was African-American from that era in the 50s, to Chicago, you know. And coincidentally enough, he moved into the same building as Joseph Jarman. And that impacted his music. And he's another cat. Listen, Ra's music was not what we think of as Sun Ra until he moved to New York, you know. He got very oh, weird. Philadelphia? Uh, then... What happens, Marshall Allen, who I interviewed, who I traveled to Philadelphia. He's still touring. Yeah, he's still touring, still playing like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, his father, he's a southern dude, he's, yeah. he, but his father just bought a place in Philly. Uh, his father died, and he inherited the building, and they moved in, and that's where they've been ever since. Right, you know? right. But Philly, of course, we were talking about the deep history of Philly with John Coltrane, Rashid Ali, McCoy Tyner, I mean, you know. Once again, uh, Bayard Lancaster, Dave Burrell, uh, who, Dave Burrell, who I interviewed, Bayard Lancaster just passed. You know, Philadelphia had a major scene, too. Sure. You know, and... and um, you were telling me Train liked to 
have Philly guys he around liked, him. Yeah, that's what Rashid, my, my good friend Rashid Ali, was no longer with us, said he liked to surround himself with, with Philly cats, you know. <laughs> and definitely, John Coltrane was moving in a free jazz way, right? Yeah, we talked about that the other day. I mean, that that's one of the most radical developments in contemporary musical history. John Coltrane was the leading... Uh, uh, exponent of jazz in his day. He was the biggest selling jazz artist of all time. And at the height of his fame, he basically aligned himself with these radical upstarts, these guys, you know, exploring polytonality and uh, multi-directional drumming and totally uh, 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 devoted himself to that music. And he was a godfather. He got people, he got Archie Shepp and Albert Eiler yeah. and Marion Brown, major label deals. He, he was responsible uh, for really uh, uh, bringing that music into the forefront. And, and uh, you know, other people uh, benefited as well. And, yeah. So the problem is, a lot of people don't know, and this, the idea of this documentary yeah. is to get the word out. Well, people don't know because there has been, it, it, it's not by accident, there has been a conspiracy to eradicate uh, uh, this this important uh, cultural development. You know, Wynton Marsalis and his cohorts, you know, have championed this revisionist trend. Oh, yeah. And, and they are disrespectful. He's always talking about paying homage to, you know, jazz ancestry, but he's completely uh, irreverent toward his immediate uh, predecessors, and he has basically tried to write them out of history. And you have young kids coming out of... Uh, 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 jazz studies in, in, on the collegiate level today, and they don't even know of this music's existence. Yeah. You know? So how can people help you help get the word out? Yeah. Well, uh, I have a Kickstarter campaign. You can go to firemusic.org, and that has all the information there. Firemusic.org. F-I-R-E-M-U-S-I-C dot O-R-G. Yeah. Go there, check out Tom Chagall's Praj, who's the executive producers? Uh, well, uh, yeah, Thurston Moore and Nels Klein. You yeah. may have heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Very happening people. Yeah. And who uh, would probably acknowledge much uh, influence. Absolutely. You know, that. I think that music informs everything that they do, and not just musically, you know, as, as it does with us all. And if you don't know this music, you're deprived, man, you know. It, it will enrich your soul to let this music into your life. And remember... The, the music may be free, but it costs money to make a movie. <laughs> Tom, I want to thank you so much for being on the of show. Course. I want to thank you for this gig of and course, for the recording Mike. at Casa Hanzo Sunday. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing yeah. the results. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks, brother. All right, brother. Thanks a lot.
I come from hell, jump, jump. I know you well, jump, jump. So pay the devil, jump, jump. I come from hell, jump, jump. I know you well, and I don't love hell.
Elvi. 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 Return of the Moon.
everything that dead don't know piles up like magazines overflows and everything that she won't see just swirls around comes down and buries me oh Hip to hop, bibbidi bop, eh, 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 eh. 
just a lot to start His nose inhaler packed behind the pipe Candy wrapper Cosmo sinking Benzatrine dragnet luncheonette Make the scene Play it straight if fate's his best Really bad hat saddle fell safe Shuffle on down, slide away here from the mass Wanna smizoke a chiss on the grizzly Oh, Rabbit, Robert, Ronnie, Rez, Mutant, Randomer Rabbit, Ronnie, Rahe, Zoom, Moonlight, Ha-Ha Crack, rat, stop, pills, inflating, melodic Drinking oxybiotic, made him neurotic Jimmy, Manny, Hurt, Begin, you're gonna steal Doc Thunderbird Ronnie went alongside and found Riding crossroads of the universe Oh, rapid Ronnie, Ronnie, red mutant rammer Rapid Robert, Ronnie, red mutant rammer
mi corazón Qué bonito se sentía mi corazón con razón Samoana preciosa calentando mi corazón Samoana preciosa cantaba cantando su Libre como el mar cuando brillamos en la pista Gozando de la noche, moviéndonos al disco Moviendo al compás de su corazón palpitando Y sudor va cayendo de sus labios que besé Libre como el mar cuando brillamos en la pista Gozando de la noche, moviéndonos al disco Viendo al compás de su corazón palpitando Y sudor va cayendo de sus labios que besé Libre como el mar cuando brillamos en la pista Gozando de la noche, moviéndonos al disco Moviendo al compás de su corazón palpitando Y sudor va cayendo de sus labios que besé
Live from Pedro Show, start off the second hour. Now this is on vacation with Policia, which uh, roughly translates to El Hombre. Police. Police. Cops. El Hombre. Kesatsu. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we heard some spiel with Tom Segal. I got to record with uh, Pete Mazich and Casa Hanzo Sunday. Uh, first time uh, really gave the little... China Hofner Beetle bass work. I'm gonna bring it tonight too. Flats. I ain't played flat ones in a long time. The pointy shoes you got for, for that one. The pointy shoes too. No, that's for oh. Taff Falco. That's coming in October. <laughs> <laughs> pointy oh, yeah. shoes and uh, brown, dark brown suit. Winkle pickers. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Winkle what about those one from Mexico? Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah. The pointy boots. Tav. And the dance moves dancing. going with that. <laughs> and then Stifle Moon from White Out with Jim O'Rourke, William Winant. Uh, Man Man T-Ray, Mackie Burnett. Return to the Moon, political song for Dee Dee Bloom to sing with Crescendo from El Vi. I don't know who they are. I think they're Cincinnati people who moved to Portland, but uh, they said some nice things about the men and men. Super Choke, all fans of Mac. Overflows. Bloodshot Bill with Rapid Ronnie. Uh, La Samoan. Uh, Samona? Somebody from Samoa in the Spanish. Samoana. Samoan. Samoana. Yeah, that's how you would say it. But that, that would be the, Batman. Yeah, but that would be the... Uh, Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. but that would be the feminine uh, yeah, contextual. Yeah, it's a lady. Samoana. La, la, not L. Okay. Yeah, no, Samoana. <laughs> Samoana. It looks like Samoa with N.A. Okay, yeah. enough of the language. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a music show. <laughs> Mini Beast with Fresh Dust. Peter there in Providence. Another Pete related these. And then finally, the two Pete's. Monster on Vacation. Engineer and Guitar Man. Needles and Pintails. What's that about? Oh, I don't know. Just kind of, uh, we're doing this... Uh this project, Monsters on Vacation, was basically a friend of mine named Steve Fuchs is putting together the surf movie called Stoked. And uh, the first episode, I had a couple songs on it uh, from my other band, The Riptides. He goes, hey, if you write some more songs, I'll, I'll put them on the movie. And so that's when I got up with, you know, Pete so here. So Riptides happened after Dial Tones? Yeah, yeah the Riptides, after the breakup of the Dial Tones. Yeah, that's kind of when I got Riptides, to Riptides, that was coming in at KXLU? Um... I think actually, you know, I think some of the Blind Dog Lost stuff was at KXLU. That's okay. where we recorded up there, and then uh, we and then the both those series. records are lost. They're, they are yeah, they, they're truly lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where they yeah. ended up. They're probably in a warehouse rotting away. Those tapes. Well, maybe the compositions are in your head. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, I can probably pull them out again. You know, and uh, but needles and pins. Needles and pins. Yeah, that was uh, no. That was a big hit in the 60s. Right. That's kind of where I, I got, you know, lifted the, the title on that and then using the, the term pintail as, as a type of surfboard yeah, right. uh, tail shape uh, just to be, I guess, you know, make a pun of it and be funny. But, uh, yeah, I guess the guy wanted more acoustic music for his surf movie. And so we kind of wrote that basically on the spot. I wrote that probably three or four days before going into his studio, Pete's studio and recording it. So some stuff was really old. 
Yeah, so some stuff was old and some stuff like the three songs, Policia. Days before. Policia was brand new. Needles and Pintails was new. So Sunrise. from Riptides to Monsters on Vacation, what happened in between there? Um, Lazy Lance and the Longhorns. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were a side mouse. Yeah. At your bay. Absolutely. Yeah, Lance and I were, were, were old friends from, I don't know, the fifth or sixth grade. And we actually lived in an apartment complex. I was in the front. He was in the back. And he was one of the guys that really turned me on to the blues. I knew nothing about blues music until he kind of introduced me to it. You know, whether well, it be... you were playing some blues in that surf without even knowing it. For yeah. sure with the Deep Purple. Right, right. We had a... Uh, Lance, Lance on the yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we great. used to work on the barges. And, and yeah, I worked on the barges. Blowing, well, we worked on the barges together as well. Yeah. Yeah. All three of you. Well, two guys on a barge. I didn't get the pleasure of working with Pete. Oh. But I uh, worked a lot, of, worked a lot with, with Lance. Lance. Yeah. yeah. But then Lance worked with you. Correct. Mm. Yeah. So he's the lucky Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Sock it, man. <laughs> okay. I think it's getting about to be that time, Brother Matt. Cool. Very cool. For you to bring forth the spin cycle yes. with collaborator Pete Tika. Cool. All right. Plug it in.
cactus will flower and bloom And I know you would, girl You just meet me in my room Cause I'm gonna love you Gonna show you I'm a man Don't leave me standing here with stickers in my
Pipotica music you, in many forms. Pipotica playing with Pipotica, younger Pipotica. Yeah, that's scary. Huh? <laughs> Jason is that's very cool. <laughs> well, it's uh, August 12, 2015, end of the second hour. Special get Pete Mazes, Pipotica, Brother Matt. So hold tight for hour three. August 12, 2015. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, as I would say. Good tidings I bring to you this day. Come on down and do appreciate as I would play. You don't matter what the world may have to say. Sound you got to do appreciate. Every nigga is a star out here. That every nigga is a star out here. So you keep quiet fears. Make them know them fears. Keep quiet fears. Make them know them place Long time ago I used to read about the strong man of old and called Samson He was a dreadlocks man Then I read about little David He was a dreadlocks man Chache, 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 chache And who said you're not dread, they're my jester Say who no trade, they my jester. Say who say you no trade, say who say you no trade, say who say you no trade, they my jester. So you keep wife, yes, make them tell you. Keep wife, yes, make them know them place. Every nigga is a star out there. Every nigga is a star out there. Every nigga, every nigga. Every nigga is a star out here Until you bother, 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 bother So knows I would say Until you bother, bother Alright Till you bother, bother So knows I would play Till you bother, bother Right on Till you bother, so knows I would say Till you kick five years Let them know them that's a disgrace as I would say. You can't.
a querer Y yo Nunca te olvidaría Yo Siempre te iba a querer Y tú Nunca me
I think it's fantastic and I think it's fabulous. The town is so wonderful and the city is so great. If everybody's love it and everyone said, Go to Cruelly for me. You know what they're going to do for Cruelly Town's place. People will love to go to Cruelly Town. The town is so perfect and everyone said, Go to Cruelly for me. And sunshine always something is good so sun. And you realize you can make it anyway. You have to go to town and everyone said, Go to Cruelly for me. It's a lovely sunny morning and for breakfast in the house. People has enjoyed some having for breakfast. If people want to go out and everyone said, Go to Cruelly for me. They will sitting for grass and having for picnic. Barbecue is great to be they having for your lunch. They will have to enjoy it and everyone said Go to Cruelly for me And sunshine always something is good so sun And you realize you can make it anyway You have to go to town and everyone said Go to Cruelly for me You can make it anyway You have to go to town And everyone said Go to Cruelly for me
Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Monsters on Vacation. What does that name mean? Um, basically stole it from a, a calendar. Uh, we you go to Hawaii for vacation, and I saw these little characters that were on a like a ninety-nine cent calendar. Then I had my son manipulated into what you see here on the cover art. Did a great yeah, job. But the name of the band. Oh, basically, you know, uh, the way I came about it was. Uh, uh, you know, having these guys I thought were fantastic players, you know, uh, Dave and, 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 and Mike, uh, you know, someone refers to a great musician as a monster, and they're away from their band, well, you're on vacation with me, and we're going to go do this little side project, you know, and, and uh, I was really honored to play with those guys, I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. And Pizza, what was it like recording? You said no, no cans, it just came in? Oh, it was really good, because, I mean, um, you know, Mike and Dave playing the Flying Squad. So, um, I was really excited to... We should t say their full names. You yeah, know, uh, Mike Mandich and David Vitasich. And Tony Vitasich, he's Dave's cousin. He's, sure. he's the guitar player. And I'm, of course, I sing and I play uh, the, the, the keys in that band. Anyway, so... The, the, both these bands, people, share members is what they're trying to say. Yeah. He's and, um, so, it was, it was, it was interesting... You know. So you were kind of familiar. Well, yeah, very familiar with them. I knew I knew what they sounded like, and I know I I just never heard this. So vacation time. from the fucking flying school. Right. Yeah. yeah there you go. That place yeah. on the docks too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a little vacation there too. Yeah, three Slav guys from Pedro. Yeah. You know, trying to learn how to or try to figure out how to play like some sort of Latin flavor. That was pretty unique <laughs> and unusual. That's. <laughs> yeah, but you're in the you're in the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, you know. Be harder on, over there. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro, a little easier. <laughs> right. Close to the source. Okay. We had Moist Boys with Christ, Crisis and Vices after Floating Face Down. Floating Face Down. Is yeah. Kind of surfing technique? No, actually, the it's kind of the, the, <laughs> the position you want to avoid at all costs. Uh, yeah, you're going Big down. Pearl. You're going down hard. <laughs> and Yeah, you're pearling your face right. down. Not a good thing. Then we had Kick Boy Face from Prince Jasbo. Passed away a couple years ago. I didn't know. That's where Claude Bessie got his name. He had a record, he had a song and a record called Kick Boy Face. Claude Bessie was the guy who did Slash Magazine. It was in our scene, the first, uh, I don't know what you call it, fanzine. Zine, yeah. It was an essential fabric. And then Labor Camp with Unusual Business. Paul Rossler on the keyboards. All right. Uh, Poco Tiempo, Los Humberstones, these um, Chile guys, I had on the show a couple months ago. Great cats. Can Can Heads from Finland with Guilty Bystander. And then uh, Barbs with Bella Chow. Yeah, there's an old uh, collection of Jewish music out of Rome. Italian klezmer music from way back, and these guys have been exploring that. Uh, New York people. And then uh, go to Crawley for me, Daniel Wakeford out of uh, Brighton, England. I'm going to be there next week. Brother Matt, a week from yesterday I leave. To practice for a week and then the yeah. tour. Yeah, first Cuz tour. Utsu from Hobokambo, that's Capitello Andrea. His tribute to Moondog. Back to the Pipotica music story. So, 
after this blind-eyed dog. Blind dog lost. Yeah. Blind dog lost. I'll give you a quick heads yeah. up on that. I'm driving up 17th Street, and we got the name of the band. There was a flyer on the post, and it said Blind Dog Lost. And I go, well, that looks pretty sympathetic and sad. I go, well, that'll fit our band pretty well. by the high school? Yeah, right by the high school. Yeah. Well, across from the science building is where Georgie lived. Yeah, and right. that's where reactionaries, yeah. And that shed yeah. in the back. Georgie stopped making surfboards, wanted to do drums, but uh, what's it called? Happy Jack. Yeah, I knew. Uh, and just I knew George from the beach. He surfed in. Yeah, you know, he I made, he made yeah. boards and then he gave yeah. it all up for drums. Right, now he's yeah. back surfing. He, that's good. He was yeah. he was a good surfer and a real solid guy. Really went cool to Hawaii guy. a couple of times, mm-hmm. living on the beach. Yeah, coconuts. He told me almost killed him. It's one of the reasons why I gave up surfing. But he also just fell in love with the drums. Right on. Uh, after those guys. Then come a rip, riptides. Is that riptides, that? yeah, that started around two thousand. And that's different people. Yeah, different people. We got Bruce Banson. He was originally from uh, Long Island, New York. Fantastic drummer, an older cat. He's like about sixty four, sixty five, but he really he gets that feel. He really nails it. Plays in a traditional sort of style, and uh, a fantastic drummer. Then we got uh, Jim Lanford on bass guitar. And then uh, Leonard Russo. A surf drummer from Long Island. Yeah, go figure. She shows you it's not where you're from, right. it's where you're at. Right, exactly. Yeah, he nails it. And who, who on the bass? Uh, Jim Lanford yeah. on bass guitar. And he's uh, he's fortunate enough uh, for us to uh, play bass because he's kind of a, a blues guitarist at heart. But he's a fantastic bass player as well. And Leonard Russo uh, used to play in a band here in town called the Wingtips yeah. for a lot of years. And he broke away from that, and or that band kind of dissolved and he and I got together and started doing the surf thing. Well, you've been doing the surf. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. He joined you. <laughs> Correct. Ten four. Yeah. Music. Ten four. This is uh, the last one we're gonna play. Surfzilla. Surfzilla. You got something to say about that? Oh, to see a reptilian monster coming uh, up from the sea to you know Risha. to kill all the surfers and ruin it's, wreck uh, your Japanese town. for whale and then mixed with gorilla. That's where they got that name. I had no idea. That's awesome. That's why we had you on the show, so we could learn this. You know, I appreciate it. I'm getting educated over here.
participation, communication information participation, and creative information communication, and retribution of back pay for losses and damages attributed to narrow-minded platforms, boring ideas, or boredom in general.
Watch for Pebro Show. Last music for this edition. Surfzilla, Monsters on Vacation. Did a great job, Pizzo. Thank you. And you, you with the loan of his band. Had a great yeah. band. <laughs> hey, well, thank you guys very much. And we had DNA with New New. Must have been the new song, right? Hmm. Remember the Germans had one called the, the Other Newest One because there was two new songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, of course. And then theme from the Sweeney by Apple Shift Seven, back paid for losses and damages, Thalem Kaufman, in in your hole by Elmo and the Sticks, tune number two zero six by OG, or maybe Og. And uh, yeah, Og was in the Bible, right? He's some giant. Don't trust me on it. Dreamer by Pale Angels, and finally Soft Liner by the Lemon Limes out of Oak Town. Uh, great to have you on the show, both Pete's. Yeah, well, thank you. Future about, plan. Future plan. Uh, keep writing, recording, performing. I think we're going to plan to go into your studio over here, Pete, uh, in the fall again. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's the game plan right now. You know, I ask everybody who comes on the show this. Somebody was asking you for advice about music. Wow. Yeah, just. Uh, Never give up, no matter how bad the gigs are or how bad the shows are. If there's two people there or 2,000, do it because you want to do it, because you want to be there. Just keep going. Don't yeah. stop. That's good advice. I mean, what's, yeah, what's the alternative to stop? Right, yeah. I, I hated that word when they said, oh, alternative music. <laughs> yeah. You're playing what? Or <laughs> yeah. You're either playing it or you're, you're not. not. Yeah. Right. What a jive uh, bum rush with the, what's that called? Semantics. Yeah. Uh, so, your advice is do it because you love it. Do it because you love it. And, and, you, it, and you, 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 you face some uh, hardship, fuck it. Just keep rolling keep because wild. one gig leads to another gig. Yeah. You know, uh, and if you love it, never stop doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, as long as it's still fun and, and, and it's not about money, it ain't about you know this, that, or the other. But, uh, yeah, as long as you can keep playing and enjoy it and I said sometimes you play and there's you're playing to the waitresses and other times there's a thousand. Call those character builders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you Beats, go, brother Matt. Thank you yeah. for your always essential. Cool, cool. Nice having you. Good guys to see you again, yeah, brother very Matt. Good. Always. Thanks for both you guys coming on the show. It's a big honor. For Thanks me. for having us. Thank so you for Pedro's having us. Very cool. And on the Pedro, Pedro show. Edition. <laughs> Ten fold. It's August twelfth, two thousand fifteen edition. I got to get up to Cypress Park now. Oh. With the East Meets West. No, you're right. We got the Chinese Hoffa. Hoffner Beetle Bass. No walking 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 bass